Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. Grab your Bible if you've got one. I'm going to pray. We're going to finish our last session on finishing strong. Lord, um, God, I thank you so much for Pastor Dave Hill and what what he taught and for Pastor Bob Matthews and and what he taught. And, and Lord, we, we want to meet with you this morning. Um, God, there, not everybody finishes strong. Um, and we, we've seen that. God, we can all think of people who, you know, they're not here anymore. Whatever happened to, to that guy? Whatever happened to that lady? And, and God, they're just out in the world somewhere. Oh, Lord, would you spare us from finishing weak? God, we need you for it because, you know, we live in Laodicea. But, but Father, we just ask you for your help. Would you have your way? I pray that we'd meet with you together this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you missed, okay, so, so in terms of the recording, what we did earlier was introductions. Don't include that part, okay, in the recording, because you can't hear anything, and it's just me standing there. So we'll start, we'll start here with the prayer and the teaching this morning. So welcome, if you're watching this online. Uh, this is session three of Finishing Strong. The first session, Pastor Dave Hill told us some stuff, gave us seven points about Finishing Strong that really stuck out. The first one was finishing strong is remembering his promises. Okay, so, you know, God gave you some promises, right? Well, don't, don't forget those. Remember the promises. Claim the promises. That's a check you take to the bank. Okay, that's a, you, you remember the promises that he's given you. And then number four is reclaiming those promises. So Caleb came back and he's like, remember that mountain? I'm, I want it. I'm claiming that thing that God promised 40 years ago, right? And so so now, you know, maybe for some of us, you need to remember because you've been discouraged. You, you, you forgot. And then you need to reclaim those promises. And that may require some repositioning within your ministry. Well, praise the Lord. We'll talk about that a little bit today, maybe too. And then, and then yesterday... Bob Todd, about following your gifting. So this actually kind of lines up with what Pastor Dave taught. So God gave you something. He gave you a gift, right? Well, do that. Do that. And, and I think one temptation is we want to leave behind like this stage of ministry and move forward to something. Man, you can't ever leave behind your spiritual gifting. If God is going to promote you, you got to take that rod, that staff, that thing that he's put into your hand. You got to take that with you. You got to keep leaning on that. So don't ever quit doing the thing that 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 God uses in your life to re, that's going to actually produce fruit that's going to remain and we we saw his testimony. So Bob taught about knowing who you are in Christ positionally, but also knowing what you are in Christ. Like, what is your gifting? Like, God gave you that to profit with all. Okay, so, so do that. So those are the things that 
that I heard that stuck out with me that I wanted to present by way of review. But, but this morning, look at your handout. Here's our theme verse for the day. It's on your handout. It's Proverbs 16, And here's what it says. The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. And we're going to be talking about that hoary head. And point number one, we're talking about the wisdom of the ages. Okay, so what, have you heard of hoarfrost? That's like the silvery gray frost when the dew freezes and it's frosted outside. Okay, that it's just gray. We're talking about the gray head. Last year in this session, was anyone here in the session last year? Last year, we talked about being strong physically. So Psalm 90 verse 10 says, you got 70 years. Oh, but if by reason of strength, you get 80 years, they're still going to be like, your back hurts, your knee hurts, you can't see without your bifocal. But the point that I, we made last year was you can get 10 more years by reason of strength and you need to steward your physical body because God's invested so much in your life. Don't waste it. Steward your physical body to protect what he's given you and, and use that. And so we, we talked about being strong last year and we want to be Caleb strong. Okay. I'll double down on that. I don't want to try to diminish that, but this year we want to add to it. So in addition to being just strong physically, there's another type of strength and it's wisdom. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6 says this, a wise man is strong. Yay. A man of knowledge increaseth strength. Now, now that's defined in the next verse. By wise counsel thou shalt make war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So there's a different type of strength, not to diminish the importance of staying strong physically, but, but wisdom provides strength in a different way. So we're not choosing to be physically strong, like you're going to be a jock, or you're going to be a nerd. No, like you want to be both. You want to be a strong nerd or a nerdy jock or something. I don't know. But, but you want both. If you had to choose one, though, if you had to choose one, as we age, you want to choose wisdom. Now, we, we're not, I'm not saying you do, but Ecclesiastes 9.13 says wisdom is better than strength. In 2 Samuel 20, verse 19, we saw this wise woman, okay, who saves her whole city through her, through her wisdom. All right, so, so we're not choosing between the two. We want to do both. Okay, but, but here's what Proverbs 20, verse 29 says. The glory of the young man is their strength, and the beauty of the man, old man is the gray head. Okay, so just remember our theme verse. The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. And what, we're, what, what you already know, but I'll just say it anyway, is that gray hair represents something. Right? It means you've been through some stuff. It means you know some stuff. You've learned what to do, hopefully. You've certainly probably learned what not to do through trial and error over the years. 
The wisdom of the ages should be with the aged. That gray head should represent wisdom. Now, our society has lost that. We've got a, a whole generation of mockers and scorners who despise the gray head. They despise the elderly. We went to Sophie Miles' graduation from college a couple years ago, and the, the only speaker I remember was the purple-haired student speaker, and he was, he was talking, like he used the word wisdom, and how now that we are wise, he would say, because we've got this diploma, now that we've gained such wisdom, we can go off, and, and here was the conclusion of a speech. We may not be able to get jobs, but we protested a lot. I'm like, that is so unwise. There was nothing. He claimed wisdom for his generation because they're graduating from college. And I don't want to like, good job. Like, yeah, they earned their degree. But there was nothing wise. But yet he saw them as very wise. Now, how he sees you, okay, boomer. Oh, yeah, you who ruined the environment for my generation out of your corporate greed. Yeah, you guys who ruined the economy. So I'm going to have to pay back my own student loans because you guys, that's, that's what is being promoted. That is the zeitgeist. There is a disrespect. Don't worry, it's not a crown of glory. It's being despised. I mean, I, I would never want to point out that there's women who dye their hair so that they, you know, they probably shop at Forever 21. Like, where does that come from? <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just lost like this section. I, okay. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Like, okay. My point is. I know, yeah. It's, I'm cooking for myself a while. Okay. My, but you've seen it. Like, just for men, gray diminishing beard gel that I can use. Why? So that I don't look like I don't want to look gray, says society, when the Bible says the hoary head is a crown of glory. In fact, Okay, in fact, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but this is where God's given instructions. Now, we're not under the law, but, but just listen to God's heart. Ye shall keep my Sabbaths, he says in verse 30, and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, nor seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God, like serious stuff, right? Keep the Sabbath, follow the law. Don't follow after witchcraft. Like, okay, what's next in this line of verses? Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. That means if the next person that walks in this room has gray hair, you're all going to look over there, and then you're going to stand up. You're going to rise up before them, and you're going to honor them. 
And until they find their seat, you probably should give them your seat if you're not great. Okay. And as soon as they sit down, then you can sit down. Now, if it's a whippersnapper without any gray hair and they walk in, you're just going to be like, like, you're late. Like, you're not going to stand, you're not going to rise in respect to them. But if it's someone with gray hair, you, this is in the list of things like keep the Sabbath. And don't go after familiar spirits. In God's eyes, that gray hair, that gray beard, who comes in the door should be honored. You know why? Because it represents something. Now, the world doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do that. The world doesn't recognize this. Okay, so... There's a guy and he goes to the gym every day and he's just jacked. Okay. Big muscles, just bulging everywhere. <clears throat> and there's some girl who finds that attractive. So they, they end up married. And then this guy won't work to provide for his wife. And he won't protect her. When danger comes, he runs the other way. It's like, whoa, 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 foul. All those big muscles, like you ought to be a provider and a protector. That's what those are for. That's what those shoulders are for. Then you got you got this woman, and she's voluptuous, and and she has a baby, and she won't nurse her baby with her voluptuousness. She won't. She won't use that hip to support that. The baby's just crying, and she's like, I, okay, what do you think those are all for? That's, that's for reproduction. Those mo- okay, gray hair. If you don't have wisdom, it's the same thing. If I have the gray hair, but I don't have wisdom, I'm like a well without water. And I know society doesn't get it. And the zeitgeist is to despise the gray hair and to try to hide it. So I don't want to get marginalized. And I, I'm not as techie as the young generation. Okay, so listen, if, if they want to despise that, that's fine. But let's not despise that. And here's the first point, okay? There, there is a guy, there, there's a, in Hosea, talking about Ephraim as, as a type or a picture of, of Israel. He had gray hair and he didn't know it. Like he didn't actually recognize what that that's part of. Okay. Key point number one, it's time to be wise. Okay. We 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 should be wise. Now, we need to properly apply this wisdom. Okay. There's there's different types of wisdom. We're in the we're in the last days. What church age are we in? Laodicean church age. Okay, so you guys know about the Laodicean church age. And here's the stereotype. I'm not saying this is you, but here's the stereotype is I'm going to work hard my whole life. I'm going to put away money in my 401k. I'm going to put away money in my Roth. And hopefully I work for someone who matches that. Like that's just like automatic 100% increase in what I put in. You can't beat that. So we all do that and we're putting away money because that's what my financial advisor says I'm supposed to do. And trust me, someday you'll be grateful. 
And, and then after doing that for a few decades, I can, because I've built up my nest egg, I can buy that RV. I can move to Florida. What's the stereotype? You're going to the discounted buffet. You're playing golf and you're going on cruises, right? Isn't that what like the, the end of the American dream is? That's what the stereotype is. Okay, so here's the deal. I have a financial advisor and he knows more about money than I do. That's why like, he's wise about it. I'm not, but he's Laodicean. His goal for me, and he's actually a friend. You know what his goal for me is? Because this is his job. It's that I would be rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. He wants me to have so much money put away that I can live off the interest. I'm not even ever actually touching my money. That's, that's actually biblical. Don't kill your goats and your sheep. Milk your goats, shear your sheep, and you live out. Like, that's a biblical principle. I, I thank God for Scott and his wisdom. However, here's point number two. Hey, Laodicea, <laughs> it's not wise to plan, strive, or pine to be rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. It, it's wise from a worldly sense, isn't it? But you know where you end up, believer? You end up lukewarm. So, so what? So, 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 what's the point here? Okay, well, here's the point. Jesus is standing at the door of your RV. Okay, he's knocking. Let me in. Okay, so listen, get an RV. That's that, that's cool. Get that's fine. Go play golf. Let's go. In fact, like, why don't you celebrate your retirement with a month in Florida? But then come back. And let's finish strong. Let's properly apply all of the accumulated years of wisdom represented by your gray hair. And let's appropriate that. Let's, let's use that for God's glory. See, here's Here's what the verse says. The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. And kids today may despise me, but I'm not going to help them by just rolling over and filling all their stereotypes. Like, like, like with the proper application of all the years of wisdom that is accumulated in your grayness. So ladies, don't be mad. I was just, I was just illustrating that. You're still looking at me like you're mad. You can dye your hair. I won't judge you. Okay. It's just like, I was just an illustration. Okay. Let's properly apply God's wisdom. Let's be found in the way of righteousness. Your grayness will be a crown of glory. So I, I walk into Midtown Baptist Temple and I see all these young people. We have such a young church, right? Which is great. There's so much life there. 
But you know what they're doing? They're struggling through whatever phase of stage of life they're going through. And they're wondering like, man, this is it supposed to be this hard? Am I supposed to feel this lonely? Is ministry supposed to be like discouraging sometimes? Am I, is there something wrong with what I'm doing? I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Better men and women than us didn't make it. And then they look over and they see Tim. And he's just like gray. He's got hairs growing out of his ears. Like, because that happens, right? You got to get that trimmer. Okay. It's like, he made it. And quit. How many jumping off points did you have? And you're like, I don't know. And then you just kept going. You stumbled and you fell and then you got up and you dusted yourself off and you started again and praise the Lord. Your head is a crown of glory when it's found in the way of righteousness. The guy that quits, that's not a crown of glory. But for you guys, here you are. And I'm just like, praise the Lord. You represent the people that didn't quit when you could have. You had a reason to. You've had how many reasons to? Ten, hundred, thousand reasons to quit. The devil's been doing nothing but trying to get you to quit since you were born again. And here you are, and I thank God for you, and I'm proud of you, and it's a crown of glory. But we need to finish strong, and here's, here's, here's kind of the thing. We're not going to finish strong because of physical strength. We need to be wise. Okay? We need to perhaps reposition ourselves. Some of us don't like that. Well, who cares? What, like, when did what we like have anything to do with any, like, oh God, I, re, I, I forgot the promises you gave me. And now I started thinking about what I, that's crazy. Okay, we, okay, so properly applied, you need to, we're local church people. You need to find your place in the ministry of the local church. Practically, what's that look like? Okay. Letter A, missions. Missions is a place where we, who are gray maybe, or heading that way, can find a place in our local church. Okay, either going. So we're gonna hear from some men here in a little bit who, who go. Doug and Larry and Wagi, they, they go. Scott Growth is a member of the Living Well class. He went to Nairobi for a month how many kids did he win to Christ in that one day? 17. So he gets into the public, or it's probably a private school, but he gets into a school. I think it's a Seventh-day Adventist school, actually, to teach principles from the Bible. And he just gives the gospel. Clearly gives the gospel and brings people, here, listen to this, brings people to a point of decision. Not do you see it, not do you agree but will you put your faith in what God has said? Just laid out the gospel clearly. And like 17 kids got saved on that one trip. Okay. Well, he's all gray. He's semi, he's mostly retired so that he can just be more involved in ministry. That's what he's done. Praise the Lord. Some of you can go and do that. We're going to like, like, Larry, like these guys, they, they go, we're going to hear from them. I won't tell your story, but, but here's the other thing I want to present to you. You are like, maybe you can't go, whatever. Okay. 
Scott didn't pay his own missions trip. Somebody, a unanimous gray-haired person, gave money for Scott to go to Nairobi. Man, praise the Lord. Paul, talking to the church, the Philippian church, he said, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again, so twice, you sent to meet my needs. You sent to my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So here's Scott. Like he packs up, he leaves, he goes, has all that spiritual attack that goes along with the mission strip. Okay. He leaves his home and his wife, who just fell down and broke her arm and her knee the week he leaves, of course. Okay. And then he leaves her. He goes, he does the cross Atlantic death flight. Okay. You know, and, and, and he, you know, 33 hours later, he shows up with all his, you know, blood clots and COVID, whatever else happens on that plane. Okay, he gets there, fights through the jet lag. He's preaching every week in service. He's holding Bible studies. He's working with the leaders. He's, he's doing evangelism. Okay, meanwhile, okay, and then praise the Lord, 17 kids to Christ. Meanwhile, the anonymous donor is, is watching the game. Fruit to his account. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm not saying be lazy. I'm saying that's wise. I'm not saying don't go on a trip and watch the game. I am saying that I am now in a position at my age where I could send somebody on a missions trip and I could afford to do that. I couldn't do that when I was in my 20s. I couldn't even afford to like, like go ourselves. I would like to have fruit, cha-ching, cha-ching, spiritual fruit. 17 people come to Christ, and I'm, it's like watching the Chiefs, Raiders, I hope. Okay, right? And, and then there's just fruit abounding to my account. Again, don't get the wrong picture. I'm not saying be lazy. I am saying this is something that maybe some of us can do now that we're a little gray that we couldn't have done before. Make sense? Missions is something that we can be a part of in a huge way from a spiritual perspective. We can pray for missions because maybe your life's a little calmer than it used to be. We're, we're on the verge of being empty nesters. Like we actually have time to talk to each other. Like I haven't had that in 30 years. Can join the missions team like Larry's done. And then hospitality, you can host missionaries. And that's going to be the main thing I want to talk about. So I'm going to skip over that for now. But here's key point number three, going and giving are both necessary and fruitful in missions. We would be wise. Okay, listen, it's not through virtue of just the young man's strength that we're going to necessarily be fruitful and finish strong. We want to be wise. Missions is an area where you can invest and there will be fruit. Amra has a heart for refugees. Like, how can we get involved and support that? Okay. So that's missions is one practical way that we can apply a mission. The second one is children's ministry. All right. So in families, you have kids. 
moms, dads, sisters, brothers, cousins, aunt, uncles, and grandma and grandpa. We are now grandma and grandpa. Praise the Lord. It's worth it. Okay. Grandkids are the best. Well, grandma and grandpa are the best. If you ask my grandkids, they come over to our house and it's like, it's a good time at grandma and grandpa's house. I don't have to train them. I just get to love on them. That is a grandparent's role. And here's what I want to present. No one else can fill my role in the lives of my grandkids. I'm not diminishing the role of mom and dad. That's the most important one, you know, or brother and sister or cousins or whatever. But the role of grandma and grandpa is God-ordained role in the family, right? Okay, well, the church is a family. And it's got kids, and it's got children's ministry teachers. And it's, well, the role of grandma and grandpa, that's an important role. It's not only that, but look at, look at this verse. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. So, so the aged women are supposed to be teaching that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. So if you're not doing that in the nursery with those new moms, who is? Who else is qualified? No, it has to be the eight, the eight you, okay, you aged women, okay, you are instructed by God to teach the younger women. I'm just saying children's ministry needs grandmas and grandpas to do what only they can do. And that's our third point here is grandparents have a specific role in children's ministry that no one else can fill. Now, moms and dads and brothers and sisters, like you too have roles, but that we're not talking about them right now. How are our kids gonna learn to respect their elders if we just go hide because children's ministry requires work? It is work. Like you just come out, just like, oh. you know, you're like, coach, trade me out. Like, I'm so tired. These kids have been like nonstop. Like, we have long services. If you're in children's ministry, we have long services. Because by the time you're done, you're just so tired. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Doug knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Praise the Lord. If we just stop going because it, then who's, like they're not going to ever learn to respect our elders because they're not ever interacting with us. When we like that old guy, like get off my yard, you. <laughs> right? Ragamuffins, rabble rousers, whippersnappers. Okay. Children's ministry is key for us, you guys. And, and if we're not fulfilling our role in children's ministry, nobody else can. Not just that they will. The church is the family. Okay. Then here's the last one, though, and here's, here's kind of what I want to focus on. Look in your Bible, 3 John. All right. Gaius was known for his hospitality, and I'm not talking about serving on the hospitality ministry at your church. I'm not talking about opening doors and helping people find a seat and where's the coffee in the bathroom. I'm not talking about that. He used his home. Okay, Gaius used his home and his, you know, if he had a car, 
he'd probably have a minivan so he could pick up people from the airport and bring them to his home and be a host family for missions focus, right? That's the kind of guy that Gaius is. Verse four says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The elder, the apostle John says to Gaius, he says, beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers in the truth. And so what this is talking about was Gaius opened up his home and was a host for these traveling groups of early, early church age missionaries who would stay in his house as they went about on their missionary journeys like Paul did in Acts, okay? Then these guys went back home to, to Ephesus is where they connected with John. And they're like, hey, this guy Gaius, he opened up our, his home to us. He let us stay there. We got to ride in his chariot over to the services. It was fantastic. And here's what John says. Okay. They bore witness of thy charity. So what do you guys know about charity? Love and action. Who who is charitable? Like like not not individuals, but I guess I'll just say it. Charity is the capstone of Christian virtue. Like you entered the faith, praise the Lord, and then you added to your faith virtue. That took a minute, and then virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance. To temperance, you added patience and to, to, let's see, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness. And finally, you get to number seven, the completion. And it's like, finally, you add to all of that other stuff, charity. Okay, it's for the, when you've reached the maturity in your faith, you'll finally just be charitable. What John, the apostle John is telling Gaius is, your hosting of these missionaries is a valid form of charity because they're going forth in Jesus' name. And when you support them, you're a fellow helper of the truth. And so, so, so we know that about charity. And, and then I, I, Matthew chapter 10. Okay. I don't think I, I have that. We're going to have to turn there too. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. And then, and then we're going to wrap it up because I want these guys to, to be able to share. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42, okay, Jesus speaking to his disciples. He that receiveth you, Jesus says, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in, a, in the name of a prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Okay, listen, there's two ways the disciples here could have got a prophet's reward. One is they could go be a prophet. The other way, they can receive a prophet. So the missionary, I can get a missionary's reward in two different ways. One is, I could be a missionary and do all that, or I can host a missionary. <laughs> okay, 
again, I'm not promoting like wisdom in terms of this is how I could be super lazy spiritually. I'm just saying you can host now better than you could have when, I mean, we can host now better than we had five kids screaming and child training and diapers and, and just, yeah, welcome. Come on in, sit, but we'll move the car seats. And it's like the French, it's so embarrassing, like the French fries and all this stuff that's under the car seats. You know what I'm saying? It hasn't been moved or vacuumed for like two years. And then it's come on home. We're, what are we having, honey? Oh, macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets for supper. And then you're going to be sleeping, but we're we're potty training and we're weaning the twins. And it's like, you want to stay at our house? And I was like, no, never again. No, thank you. We can host way better now that I'm a gray beard than we could have when I could bench press 300, right? Does that make sense? Okay, here's, here's this last point, you guys. Hospitality is a wise ministry focus for the mature believer. You can get a missionary's reward without having to go do all that stuff through hospitality. Use the home that you've been given. Use the car that you've been given. Use the wisdom, the, the understanding. Wagi is, is a great resource. He's, he's an expert in hospitality. He, he worked in that industry for years. Okay, so what I want to do now, what I want to do now is just have, have Doug, Wagi, and, and, and Larry. So we'll start with Doug. And then just give us five minutes. Come on up, Doug, and tell us kind of who you are and what you're doing and, and maybe how you got there. You guys got to stick to five minutes or else or else no one else has time. So uh, we'll wrap up. I just I just want you guys to hear from some guys who I really look up to. They're just getting it done. And, um, you know, I want to be like like you. Sure. Sort of. <laughs> okay. That makes me a five, five or short. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a cold, but that's all right. I'm, Lynn and I get really close to our 11 grandkids. We're in their face and in kid town, same thing, you know, so you'd think we'd be immune to the common cold by now, but we're not, we still get, we still get a cold. June, June of this year, I turned 70, which is hard to believe because I always look, looked at 70 as old, you know. And But, you know, when you're in your 20s and you see the next decade coming and you turn 30, you still feel like, no, I'm in my 20s. But no, you're 30, so you're over the hill. So every decade you do that, you know, you say, well, I'm all right so far in this decade. But as soon as I reach the next one, that's going to be rough. Well, when I woke up 70, it really wasn't that much different from when I was 69. But I need to say this, I get tired sooner. I've noticed that. And I have some aches and pains that I didn't have a long time ago. So 
in Kid Town, Lynn and I have been in Kid Town working with kindergartners for 40 years, you know, give or take a year or two, depending. And there's a there's a big blessing to that. There's a blessing to be in min, being in ministry. And there's also work, but the blessing outdoes the work because in the work, you also learn. If you're going to the basics of the Bible to teach it to six-year-olds, then you're you're staying fresh on the basics of the Bible. So, and and there's other things like um, two nights ago in a graduation for LFBI, there was a man that graduated there that we had in kindergarten. So that's kind of cool too to see this happen. And there's like we had Shane Sidebottom in kindergarten along with our son James, they're the same age. Then just recently we had Reed, his son. So there's a there's a number of blessings for sticking with it. And we did have opportunities to, you know, jump out and do something else. In fact, Lynn and I was talking a few months ago how this is kind of wearing us down physically four hours with six-year-olds so i said to brent i said you know come june i think maybe this will be it for kindergartners we we feel like we want to minister to older people and he says like second graders <laughs> so, but he was cool he said you know and this is one thing i want to point out age and ability does not come to a point where it stops you from ministering. You may have to adjust, but it doesn't stop you from ministering. And Brent said to me, you know, you don't need to, if you feel like it's too rough, you don't need to minister the whole four hours, but we still have a place for you. You can still minister. And that's what's cool about about uh, in this church, there's there's ways to change what you're doing or adjust what you're doing so you can still stay in ministry. And so in 2022, I was in four ministries, Kid Town Kindergarten, Toronto Mission Trip. That was out of my comfort zone, but it, I was content with it. And I remember that verse in 1 Timothy 6, 6, the godliness with contentment is great gain. And I gained a lot on that trip because even though I wasn't comfortable, I was content. I decided, hey, I'd rather be content in the Lord than comfortable. And what it was, I was going with eight others that were much younger, much younger than me. The next youngest one I could have been his father. Then there was those in their twenties, and I got to thinking, you know, in our church we have a lot of people in their twenties, and I don't, I don't often just walk up to them and start conversation with them. I mean, that's kind of awkward to me. So it's, this helped me a lot. I was with these people, lived with them for five days. And I became more accustomed to interacting with younger people. 
I, it so happened, I sat on the plane right by Jesse, and we just going along reading, doing our own thing, and so I thought, I'm just going to talk to him, <laughs> so, and he talked to me, and I told him what the deal was, I don't often talk to, I may not come up to you and say hi at church in, in the normal course of a day, he said, me neither, with me, so we got along fine, yeah, we had quite a conversation, you know, we waited too long, though, because the plane was about to land. But anyway, <laughs> we still had several days together. The other ministry, another ministry is discipleship. I discipled a man this, this year. Well, for the past two years or three years. Well, I've discipled several. But what I want to say is what's cool about that is when you go through the four principles of discipleship, and you start teaching them, teaching those principles to others, you look at yourself and see where you are on that road, on that road of worship and the word of God and the local church and ministry. And you always want to be, you always want to be active in it. You always want to be active in it. Another ministry is men's Bible study. And this was started long ago by uh, Dave Renault, and he got to the point where he's got Parkinson's so he had trouble you know speaking and us understanding him so he asked me if I would lead it I'd say yeah sure so I send emails out to about 13 men and once a once a month and we get an average of eight Eight. Yeah, but all 13 at one point or another have been in it, been in, the, have come to the Bible study. So, so that's cool. And um, altar ministry, I mean, altar ministry, altar ministry. But what I want to say is, even though you get older, it doesn't stop you from ministering. And one thing I want to say about where my Bible reading is, I've been reading through the Kings, Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles. I read them all together because they enforce one another. They give you more clarity. And I noticed this. There's good kings. The, the Bible said they did good in the sight of the Lord. And there's evil kings. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. But what I noticed was, some of them that did good in the sight of the Lord, later on they fell away. They didn't do well at all. And I was reading about Elijah in 2 Chronicles 21, 19. Elijah tells King, Jehor King Joram, Jehoram of Judah, because he has not walked right in the ways of the Lord, he would have great sickness his bowels would fall out. What does that say to us? That our bowels will fall out if we don't walk in a godly manner? Maybe not, but we do tend to follow the life that we lead. If we don't stay involved in the work of the Lord, we lose the yearning in our bowels to grow, to grow in the Lord's desire for us to help grow his kingdom and reap rewards. 
So the physical picture of bowels falling out is the same as losing the deep-hearted love for the Lord's work that comes from the yearning in your bowels, in your inner being. So as we let the Lord lead us, we can better follow his will. And regardless of age, regardless of ability, there's a place for you. So I say stay in ministry. Good morning. Quick follow-up on a couple of the stories said. Scott went to Kenya knowing we had a need, was obedient, but he came up to me before he left. He goes, I don't know what I'm going to do there. I don't go out on the street and talk to people like you do. I don't teach like Chris does. I don't, I don't, I don't. He was willing. He went. He submitted. God had that school totally ready for him to go in and preach the gospel we talked to him right after that he's like yes I, I god used me the other thing is these two are my example and i think about it often in hospitality we are all blessed we do have the ability to care for others they are a living example they take people in missionaries, visitors, church people with trouble, kids from foreign friends who have kids going to college. I mean, stray cat walks down the street. I'm sure it gets fed. They are our example of, of how to take care of people and be hospitable. And they're literally my example there. Thank you. Um, on Thursday, Pastor Dave talked about an attitude of being purposeful in our old age. And then yesterday, Pastor Bob talked about knowing your gifts and what you're called. And even though they're older, both are fabulous examples of still doing that, right? Incredible. I have an uncle who's now 92, accepted Christ two years ago after years of praying. But long ago, many years back, he gave me some advice that I think about getting older that I think is the most important thing I ever heard on it. It's very short, very simple. You want to hear it? He said, Larry, and he was talking about himself. I was probably 45 or something back then. He says, Larry, it's okay to get older. That's based on the calendar. It's not okay to get old. That's a mindset that'll kill you and take you out of the things you should be doing. Think about that. How many people do you know that get to some point in their life and say, oh, I'm old? And they sink in the easy chair and they're usually gone in two or three years. Look at the people who don't and what they're accomplishing. You know, the worst thing you can do is label yourself as old and then start living that way. Um, to go along with what Chris was saying, how many of you were here in 2017? I think it was when Mark Trotter came to Mission Focus. He kind of changed my outlook. Not only are we supposed to minister, Trotter said, you've got to very, very actively take a mindset that I have to replace myself. 
you have the knowledge, you have the ability, you have the gifts, but you're not going to be here forever. Not just train up disciples, but who are you raising to help replace what you do? So that was kind of kind of interesting. You know, so Anita and I are kind of jacks of all trades. We plug in wherever the pastors want us to do stuff. Um, we were both professional engineers and project managers. So we take on a lot of that stuff and we love it. Um, we want to be able to always say yes when God asks us to do something. We want to be able to go anywhere, do anything. Um, you think about aging. We know that our bodies are going to slow down. We know there's going to be health issues, right? We're not as fast as we were when we were young. We're not as, as strong you know, and all that. But the question is, are you going to keep yourself in shape to physically be able to do that? And are you going to see those health issues as hurdles or are they roadblocks? Are they going to be something you're going to fight through like Arnold a year or so ago? Some of our other people have been through some big health issues, but came bounced right back into ministry, back into service, didn't let it get him down. He nearly died of COVID. He's back full steam ahead. So Anita and I are, are very determined that that easy chair and, and fat man aren't going to get us. And I have cardiovascular issues on both sides of my parents' family. So I've got some extra reason. And Anita has extra reason. She wants to keep me around to keep poking me. So we stay that. Um, but we spend a lot of time in missions. Uh, last year, we were able to do missions trips to Laramie to Colorado, to Tampa, and we got to spend a month in Kenya. We're planning on going back again this year and to India. Um, we also serve as we were often discipling. We're always counseling. We do a lot of marriage counseling, a lot of the premarital counseling, things like that. But something that keeps us energetic is we don't focus on the older population. When we go hang out with people, we hang out with the young couples we're, we're discipling or, or counseling. You very rarely see us hanging out with the older people when we're going out and just spending time. And that gives us energy, and we pray it gives them wisdom that we can be a blessing to them in that way. So I think the most important thing about, about you know, finishing strong is just don't stop what you've always been doing. We're now older, and, you know, we have a purpose, like Dave told us. We have gifts, like Bob talked about. We have lots of time, and Eden and I just retired a while ago. God blessed us with a fair amount of money that we can spend on travel because we live our same lives. We never really elevated our standard of living, even though our jobs went to the moon. But without being mission-focused, we just waste our lives. We get up every morning with a list of things to do, and very, very often the things on that list are mission-focused in some way or another. We have projects we're constantly working on. We have people we're going to teach. We have lessons to prepare. So think about what are your gifts, what's your calling, and how can you be most effective there? And then don't give up on keeping your body in shape. 
People who do work out live longer, live healthier while they live. And now all the studies I read in the last couple of weeks are showing you stay much more mentally sharp. Get out of breath several times a week. And it's not, they're finding more and more. It's not the duration. It's just the pushing hard that will do it. But then we also need to do that in ministry. The ministry is unlimited. There's, there's no, you know, there's always more ministry to do. Where's your place? Do it the best you can do and keep doing it. All right, we got one more. It, it is noon though, like we're out of time officially. If you got to go meet somebody, whatever, go meet them. But, but Wagi, can you, you got five minutes if you want to come wrap us up. So. Six minutes. And then when you're done, you can just close us out in prayer. Yeah, I think nothing to say after we heard. Uh, I just uh, share very, very few uh, points. I will put front of your eyes two kings, Asa, A-S-A, and Hezekiah. Hezekiah in Isaiah 38, 37, 38. And uh, <clears throat> Hezekiah... Uh, you know, uh, trusted the Lord even when he was weak. And uh, when some problems came to him, I think he took a decision or he took a decision to finish strong. When he felt that he, he made some mistakes and God sent Isaiah to him to tell him that you are going to die, uh, arrange your house, arrange your responsibility. He refused that. No, I would like to finish strong. He take off his clothes as a, a king, and he cried to the Lord, Lord, you know my heart. You know how did I serve you? You know me. And uh, Isaiah did not leave the town yet. The angel of the Lord met him and tell him, go back. Tell him, I heard your prayers. I will heal you. I will add, do you remember how many years? 15 years to your age. Oh, my Lord. Not only that, but I will rescue you from the, the attacker, from the, your enemies. I think if we trust God, we can finish strong. I just would like to put these two types of kings uh, uh, in front of your eyes. Uh, uh, I said six minutes. I don't mean it. Uh, I just... Uh, Use uh, one minute uh, for the Arabic. So, fitnin miluk malik watak barabina farabina shafa watalu hamasashar sena ala omru brahman no alu intahmut. Yani bilbala diptanak in rabbina gayar kalamu 
واعطى له حياه كويسه بعد كده فور مي از 62 years old i think my discipler used to tell me when we talked about that you're still a kid yeah i think i still a kid and i can kick <laughs> uh, uh, but i would like if uh, my mom died uh, 80 80 something years old my dad died 34 so if i passed 34 it means probably i will reach 80 and i'm ready to die now you know, there's no problem with that but uh, if i have uh, 10 years five years I would like to do what the vision, what God put in my heart. I'm not 35 years or 40 years to plant a church, to be a pastor for the church for 30 more years or 40. No, it is not my desire. My desire is to plant a church for Middle Eastern people. A church has a mind to reach Muslims a church understand how can you share the gospel with Muslims and then I can die. Even one of the members will start pastoring the church from the first day. I would like to finish strong. Uh, there is a saying in Arabic, probably Eric can help me to interpret this. <laughs> uh, 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 we can negotiate to correct it or to understand it. So uh, life is longer than the age. What does that mean? After I will die, this is my age. But people will, if I have a good things with people, people will continue speak about me for long time. I don't know how can you put this in English. So, so, and we can say many people who was, even King James, who started the project of King James. We, until now, we are talking about King James. You, you see the idea? So let us finish strong. It means do something. People will remember you. Uh, Magda and Awad, uh, their house is open for many people. They are hospitable. And Bakalam, Kwais Alikum Awad, Mish Bakalam. So when they will die, we will continue to remember and speak about their hospitality. You see the idea here? So let us do something. This is my desire for myself and my wife. To, to do something unique for the Lord. And uh, it will be still longer, even more than my age. Uh, in Egypt, it is hard to plant a church uh, and it's very easy to establish 5-1-C-3 through the government. But if the five, uh, the system is different, that's why I'm using this two terminology. So in, I, I said, no, I will not start at 501c3, uh, a non-profit organization for the 
for the uh, what it called the uh, uh, humanitarian services, I would like to start a church because government can take the organization at any time. But the church, it will still as a church at, until the end of the world. And by God's grace, uh, we started both. But we started with the church, even with this, uh, you know, the circumstances of the Middle Eastern. I would like to encourage you guys think to do something to finish your life strong. Do something for God will stay in the minds of people forever. And for sure, the rewards will be from God. And for his glory, I finish. Yeah, let's pray. So if, if God speaks to your heart, وربنا شغلك انك انت تبدا تتعلم تخدم اطلب انه ربنا يفتح قلبك so if god is, is spoke to your heart uh, if you are not serving or ministering or uh, uh, or even you don't care about the service or ministry at all uh, pray uh, god what would you like me to continue to do what would you like me to finish my life while I'm doing it? Pray and be honest with yourself. I think uh, God has a plan for, for every person here. Father, help us, Lord. Help us to glorify you in everything and help us to finish strong. I know the idea. But without your help, without your grace, we can do nothing. But uh, take the desires of our hearts and help us to accomplish it. Help us to glorify you in everything we do. Everything, Lord, even to, to just give hug to somebody uh, depressed or, or have a hard time or encourage somebody um, facing troubles or uh, support somebody in need or anything, Lord, you asked me to do. Help me to do it. And all for your glory. And uh, just give me clear voice and help me to understand and uh, help me to do what you asked me to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.